Hey guys, thanks for watching Ike Live. It's brought to you by Mystery Tackle Box. Please check them out. They've got a great product. Go to mysterytacklebox.com. If you use the coupon code Ike Live, you get 50% off Sweet. your first pro box. That's $12.50 <laughs> for a almost $50 value of baits in this box. Uh, folks at home, folks at home, welcome back to Ike Live. I hope you're having a wonderful Sunday night. I know I am. And I want to tell you one of the reasons, Brian the Carpenter, yes. I'm having a wonderful night. There's actually two of them. The one is Line Cutters is officially launching the zipper pull. Yeah, yeah, the, the new zipper pulls available for pre-sale. That's yeah. pretty cool. It's a very cool product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. especially if you got if you're backpacking like that. Yeah. Just the ability to always have something there to cut yeah, freaking braid line. Yeah, I I, I love it because it gives you another opportunity to mount it. Right, you got yeah, the you got yeah. the ring, you got the flat mount, and now you have zipper pull. So hey, another great product from Line Cutters. Check them out, LineCutters.com. Second reason, Brian DeCarpenter, I'm excited on this Sunday night. Hold on, let me brush my shoulders off real quick. Fish Day South Jersey Derby today with the one and only What About Bob on the Salem Canal also known as the canal, <laughs> and I uh, want to say they had about 16, 17 boats. We'll let wow. you know that. Good turnout. Yes, good rain. turnout. And we'll let you know that on a nasty rainy day, we won with 14-2-7 for five, Woo! including Big Fish. Thank you yeah. very much, Pete. Including well Big Fish at 4-1-1. Thank you very much. I came on a missile, mini flip jig, black and blue. Yeah, tell, tell, Liger, tell me about that. You, you told me where you had it hooked. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I'll tell you this. I'm going to talk about um, caught all the fish today, Pete, flipping. And and here's the interesting thing: rainy, windy, cloudy day. And most of the guys we we'd see every once in a while, we'd see a dude. He'd be just chunking, right? Spinnerbait, chatterbait, because that's what makes sense. Every fish we caught and weighed today came flipping, wow. tight to cover. And on the nastiest, gnar- gnarliest pieces you could find. Totally a mind fuck because yeah. you'd think that's the stuff when it's sunny, right? They, they get buried. Not so, dude. Stained water, wasn't even dirty, just normal stain to it. The nastiest, gnarly pieces flipping a jig or a creature bait is how we caught them. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is, that is crazy. But, you know, I think it might have been Bob that he's got these little clips that of, of tidbits about how to fish and how to be successful yeah. in tournaments. Some of them I still use to this day. Yeah. And uh, he's just such a good thinker, uh, Mike's partner uh, that he fished with, yeah. Bob Soley. But he's, you know, we talked about, like, in the clouds and the rain, the crankbait bite and the spinnerbait bite really get better, get rocking. Yeah. And he goes, but you know what? The jig bite gets rocking, Flipping too. bite gets rocking. It really gets going. The- yeah, they get, that, you know, the thing I think is they get, I think they get comfortable and they get a little loose, right? Mm-hmm. I think, I think a lot of those big fish live in that stuff all year round. I mean, I think outside the spawn, I think they're living in those gnarly pieces, especially the ones where that channel touches a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that stuff, right? Yeah. Cause you fished them out there before. Yeah. And I think they just live there. And I think when it's cloudy and rainy, all that pressure that place gets, I think they mm-hmm. just get a little more comfortable. They eat a little better, you know? Yep. Seemed like it was the case. You had a lot of bites today? We had uh, we probably had 25 bites Ooh. and probably had 12, 11 or 12 keepers out of the 25. Oh, okay. And most of the keepers were 
12 to 13 inches. A yeah. lot of those thin string beans. Yeah. And uh, we caught a big one. Uh, uh, we caught a big one about 9 a.m. We caught um, a decent one about 11 a.m. And we had a bag that was probably about nine pounds. And we made a decision to go back to an area that we had a couple of small bites in and refish it. And we caught that 411 and we caught a three and three quarter hmm. between 12 and two o'clock. What was second place weight? Second place was nine two four. So we, we big calls there at the big end. Big calls at the end. Yeah. Five pounds in the last two hours of the tournament. So <laughs> yeah, that's pretty stout for it was, that body of water. It was with it seventeen was, boats. On. Yeah, it yeah, was he, a good day. When I fished it, one of the ones I fished uh, there with him, we caught a five at noon, and otherwise our bag was you know six pounds. Yeah, on potato chips, and and he caught one legit on the last cast. Wow. Another one about five. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you guys weighed 15 that day. Yeah, that's a giant bag. That's giant. Bag. Well, you were right yeah. there. Yeah, we were right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was nice. We didn't have we didn't have any fives, but we had it was a nice class throughout the right. size of the fish we had. But uh shout out to Fourth Ward Bassmasters for hosting that event. Thank you guys. It was a fun tournament. Appreciate that. Have they uh has Fourth Ward now uh banned you from any future tournaments? <laughs> I don't think so. No, it was nice seeing the guys. I saw yeah. I saw Big John Milch. Oh, Milch. Yeah. No yeah. So Shout out to Milch. I saw Gary D'Alonzo. Wow. A lot of the guys from the old Federation yeah. snooping around there. It was nice, man. That's pretty It was nice cool. seeing the old fellas. You know yeah. what I mean? The old boys. So it was good. Um, Brian DeCarpenter, I'm excited. Uh, we're we're going to do Justin in a little couple minutes here. I'm excited to get him on. I don't know if you knew this. Do you remember this? This is the second time we have Justin on Lake Live. So yes. it's great to have him yep, back yep. on. We're going to find out. That was a stingy tournament, Pete. That wasn't an easy one to win. It's it's so amazing that you watch the tournaments in the South this time of year. Yeah, and, tighten up. And it gets so tight. It gets so challenging. Ten pounds will put you in the winner's circle. Ten pounds a day. Yeah. And But yet, when you go up on those smallmouth tournaments up north... It's the opposite. It's the exact opposite. It's it's at Crazy. its peak, yeah. you know, in the fall. That place was tighter than Pete's Knot. <laughs> wow. Tighter than Pete's that Knot. That says a lot. That's pretty damn tight. Know, it's like, you ready for us to... Uh, yeah, let's do it, man. I'm ready. I'm excited to talk to him. Yes, yes, y'all. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing about your vacation. Oh, it was freaking unbelievable, dude. Iceland is... It's untouched. You know, that's the best mm-hmm. way I could describe it. It's... uh, It, it just... It, it almost reminds you of, like, if you were to walk up in the Pocono Mountains or upstate New York... 200 years ago, what it would look like. So undeveloped, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So natural and pristine. Right. And God, it was just, it was a beautiful place. You know? I, I think BDC would like it. Uh, I I was doing, I watched a show on it, oddly enough, and there's more sheep than people. Oh, dude, there's sheep everywhere. It's incredible. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, all, you're running them off the road constantly, cause especially what, in the morning. What the hell's I got to do with me? I think you like, <laughs> I heard you like sheep. Man. <laughs> Brian's ghost like sheep. Carry on. Uh, no, there are, there are tons of sheep, and um, it's interesting because, like, right now, they're coming down out of the mountains, and so they're getting more into the valleys. Oh, yeah? And on those cool nights, it'll be, you know, 40 degrees, you know, mid to low 40s, and the road is warm, right? You know, it's asphalt or gravel, but yeah. the road is warming, so there's sheep all over the road, you know, and, and these cars are flying, you know. We're in with the, you know, the fishing guide we're with or the other guy, and you're flying down these roads. And, dude, they're beeping the horn. And and sheep are always in pods of three. And so they're 
you know, they're scrambling to get out of the way, and oh, it's crazy. That's it's wild. like squirrels here. I mean, there's that many. <laughs> that many, you know. Of them. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Uh, I I think we've got them on Brian. Correct. Okay, we're joining us now. Second time, Pete. We've got this guy on the show. I'm excited to have him back on. Uh, well, he just keeps winning. He just keeps winning. I know. If it, shit at his rate, he might be on Ike Live every week. Uh, <laughs> it could happen. Um, recent winner won last week on uh, Logan Martin. Extremely tough event. Had a stellar day three to capture the title. Uh, you know him from winning the FLW Cup last year. The one and only Justin Atkins joins us back on Ike Live. Ariel, how you doing? Oh man, I'm doing good. Blessed to be here. Good to have you back on. Are, have, uh, are, I'm looking at you right now. You look, you look pretty calm. Has, yeah, has it, yeah. No, it's uh, just another day in the office. I'm glad <laughs> to be back home. I um, had to go to Minnesota last week and shoot a few things, and um, for Berkeley's new topwater line, we got got a few things done, and uh, then I left straight from there and flew home and went to Logan Martin. So. I'm just glad to be home, kind of chillaxing a little bit. It's a good feeling to be home after a win, man. You get to soak it in a little bit, look at the trophy. It's nice, man. I like that. I, I even like. Look at that. that. Yeah. There it goes. I keep it close to me all day. There it goes. So I got to tell you, Pete has one of those. I have one of those. But Brian the Carpenter and Eric the Intern do not have one of those trophies. Coming soon. Coming soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian has a trophy, but it's just like a little tin can. It says Top Rod Man. Bassmasters. Yeah, from hockey. I feel, like this is the, I feel like that's one of the hardest trophies to get in the world because not only do you have, you know, professional fishermen that, you know, fish those for whatever reason, whether it's to stay qualified for uh, their respected trail or yeah. just stay fluent in their fishing, but you also have the best locals on the lake that get in every one of them. So. You're kind of fighting two evils in that, and uh, that's a hard that's a hard tournament to win, man. I was I was proud to get it. Yeah, it is, and uh, I I'd agree with that. And saying open is hard. I, I was I was really proud of the one that I won because it was loaded with Lake Erie oh sticks. You it's know, it's impossible to beat the Lake Erie sticks. It's impossible. Yeah. Things got to really go right. You know, mm-hmm. talk a little bit about your week. I know you know most of us watched. Uh, you, you know the cut. Co- I got I got to be honest with you. the coverage. For an open on Bassmaster, I, I, I try to follow it. The blog kind of sucks. I wish they'd be more. You know what I mean? Because I'm constantly refreshing, refreshing. I'm like, shit. They said I, I saw that same post like two hours ago. They haven't refreshed yeah. it yet. I, but I, I would, I would love to see more live coverage from. I would love from the to see opens. it from the opens. I, I would, yeah. I mean, I'm into it. And, yeah, uh, Ronnie, I know. But I, I, we need more Ronnie. I was, I was getting ready. I wanted to. Uh, I was going on Bassmasters to try to see what the standings look like, who finished second through twentieth. Yeah. See if they had a little story, and even like it, this afternoon, the, the the standings weren't even up uh, after the win. Wow. So uh, yeah, I I couldn't get hardly any coverage yeah. over there. Yeah, I, the, the the cover sucks, but fill us in a little bit because I I was following it the best I could, and I knew it was tight. Um, you know, going in that last day, to me, it looked like anybody in the top eight had a legitimate shot to win. P- pick it up from there. You know, pick it up from your day two end it before you start at day three. What, where was your mind at? What, what was your mindset? Well, at that point, I felt like I had a real good shot to win. Um, so to get to that, I kind of need to start from the very beginning. And 
the beginning is I didn't even sign up for that tournament till last week. <laughs> I, <fished laughs> wow. all the ah, I, I had fished all the other opens, and it's not because I thought I was going to catch them. Um, I just fished all the other ones, and I decided to kind of finish what I started. Yeah. And I was itching to go fish one more tournament before deer season gets here. So um, I called and signed up, and since I had missed the priority date, I had to have a co-angler, so I paid my dad's entry fee so he would be able to go. We could both just go fish, and it'd be a week for us to go do something. And uh, so I get down there and go practice, and, you know, last year I won the Cup in August, and then I won a VFL Super Tournament in September. And when it gets really hot, it gets tough. Um, if you can ever get a little deal figured out, you know, you can you can really make some magic happen. Yeah. So. I just felt like there was a chance that I make it go fish offshore, fish like I like, and do well at Logan Martin. So um, signed up and go down there and practice. Well, the first day of practice, I'm there. It's like I go Monday at lunch. I idled around in an area. I'd been to Logan once or twice fishing some Alabama Bass Trail um, tournaments a few years ago. So I went to a part of the lake. I felt like I could find some schools, and I found some. But, dude, they were like babies. Baby babies, 10 inches, 12 line inches. Burners. And you could catch them, line burners. Yeah. You could catch them until you was tired of catching them, but I, I couldn't catch a good one. And uh, so I kind of I went down the lake the next day and looked in brush piles. I wasn't seeing any fish in brush. And I'm just fighting this whole getting on the bank thing as much as much as I can. And so the last day of practice, I end up going to the bank and uh, caught, you know, some little better fish, not nothing that I was going to win with, and uh, caught one good one way up the river in a pocket on a frog. So, start the morning of the tournament, I am on nothing. If I could have got my money back, out of my home. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, so I decided just to start on one of those schools and at least catch seven or eight pounds, you know, to get my day started. And as I was running up there, I thought I was thinking back on it in one of those Alabama bass trails. Where it, the part that kind of clued me in to, you know, definitely going to look in that area is I had found two schools in that tournament up there. And when I got there the morning of the tournament, kind of the same situation. I wasn't catching much. I just went and started up there anyways. They were a little bigger in the mornings. Like we caught two three-pounders and some two-pounders and had a decent start to that tournament. And it was kind of unexpected. And I thought, well, maybe first thing in the morning, because these fish are like six or seven foot deep, down some little shallow bars and I thought maybe just some better ones are out there in the morning. It's kind of a morning deal. When I pull up, like my first cast, I catch a three-pounder and catch a few more, and I end up having about 10 pounds to start the tournament, and which was a complete shock. I thought I was about to seven-pound it for two days and yeah. go to the house. Yeah. Um, so I mess around there for a little while, and about 11.30, I run up the river and start running some pockets, trying to catch a big one on a frog, and I noticed the water was on, and uh, which, you know, I hadn't – which was kind of a rookie mistake of mine. I should have checked to see when the water was going to come on. I just didn't think about it. I noticed it was running. And I came out of a pocket and was idling out, and I noticed on my lake master there was a rock pile out in the middle of the lake. And uh, so I thought, well, heck, it's not real deep up here. It's only like 15 foot deep. Let me go out there and just idle over it. The water's running, and dude, I idled over it. They're just blowed up on it. Wow. So, well, heck, so I turned around, spot locked, fire a... Uh, Berkeley rib shad out there and first cast. Don't catch like a two and a half pounder. And I sit there and catch 180 to two pounders until I started catching them. Give me, you know, right at 12 pounds. Wow. And uh, I was an early uh, number the first day, so I didn't have long. I sat there for about 30 minutes and caught what I could and went on back down the lake um, to go to weigh in. So I get home that night and I sit down and look through my Lake Master chip and I find like seven or eight more places that looks like 
could be some potential. Yeah. Um, I used to work for Lake Master, and we did, um, you know, did surveying for them. So I know when I would run over rock, I used to remember running over rock and stuff in northern lakes, and then go back, and when I would generate the contour lines, I remembered what it looked like. It'll make the bottom look a little funny, and that's just that depth changing. Yeah. So I started looking on there and found all the places that looked like they probably had rock. And second day, I started on a shallow school and caught 12 pounds, which was way better than seven. So obviously, it was starting to dawn on me that's a deal. Those better ones are there early. Yeah. And then as the day goes on, they go on about you know doing whatever they do. Um, but early in the morning, you can capitalize. So started out catch like 12 pounds off a of shallow school. Water's supposed to come on at 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock, I head up the river and uh, just start graphing. I've run up the river until I saw water moving, you know, around a lay down or whatever else. And at that point, I just started getting to the nearest place that had rock and looking. And I found like five or six schools that day and caught the piss out of them. And uh, so to get to answer all that gets back to your question. Yeah. Going into day three, I felt good about it. Wow. Um, it, was, it, was, it was kind of lining up. Mark had a great lead, and Mark's a great fisherman. He's a good friend of mine. But he fishing where he was and everything, I've been there enough. I knew he was kind of due to have a mediocre day. He had right. two really good ones. Yeah. And the chances were good for him to have a kind of a mediocre day on day three. So if I could capitalize, I felt like I might could pull it off. Because on the first day, the water ran like it was supposed to. And those guys fishing at the dam... You know, Dustin had 15 pounds the first day, but he caught two big largemouth. Everybody else that was really good up there had like 12 or 13 pounds. Yeah. And I was tied or beating a lot of those guys going into day three. So I felt like if I could catch over 13, I'd at least have a shot to beat all them, too. Um, I don't know. I, I did. I felt really good about it. I, I, there's a little side story that a lot of people don't know. At the second day... When the water come on, there was two guys catfishing at the dam up against it in a little john boat. Yeah. And the water on it capsized it. Wow. And so they had to cut the water back off, which, you know, it's not an instantaneous thing. So there wasn't but like 20 minutes of water flow, and nobody at the dam caught them on that. Well, I just happened to be in the part of the river where the water had started moving, found a school and caught them. Right. And I noticed it was slacking off. And I was like, well, crap, that ain't no good. So I cranked up and run down the river. You caught and found back it up moving with it. again. So I actually wow. got two hours of water flow where everybody yeah. that was waiting on it at the dam got 20 minutes. How about That's that? Slick. Why I caught that good, day, that good bag the second day was – I had long, I had more flow than everybody else. How about that? Know? All right, and there you have it, uh, guys. If you're watching the guys, the fellows that were capsized, and I saw the one guy. He was an older fellow, but he's a fan of Ike Live. If you're watching right now, you can collect your 20 percent from Justin Atkins <laughs> right now. You're yes. cutting that water I, off for everybody. I, you know, I'm, I'm glad those boys are okay. That's a scary thing, but uh, it's. Uh, it, that played into my favor a lot, you know, because yeah. if those guys fishing at the dam had four or five hours of water flow on day two, like they yeah. had on day one, yeah. you know, they would have caught 12, 13, 14 pounds again, and I'd have been chasing a lot of them by two or three pounds yeah. instead of just one guy. Wow, how about that? When it when it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. Uh, I, I want to jump in, Pete, and I know you got a question, but I, I want to say – so many times I talk to champions and, and, you know, like what happened to you, Justin, and you find it as it's happening, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you didn't go there and practice for two weeks and have 2,000 waypoints. You were yeah. you were pretty wide open, and and you figured it out as the tournament was going. You, you, you know, you were you were progressing with the event, 
not letting it go away from you. And I hear that so much, Pete, yep. in, in winners. And that, it's amazing and to me mm-hmm. how guys can fish the moment like that so free. And and that's that's an amazing thing to, to do. I think I think a big piece of advice is in all your tournaments, don't enter until the day before that's the tournament starts. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Enter late and have a, and have a Lake Master chip, and, and you're good. That's that's Pete's mo. Don't 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 feed it. <laughs> that works. Works. You know, I've said that 100 percent of the time, all the time. To practice a bunch and catch them really good the first day of practice, and then as practice and the tournament progresses, I feel like it gets worse and worse, and that's when you're not just fishing free. You're not being open minded. Yeah. Um, it's you know it's 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 easy to say that that's what you need to do, but that's a hard thing to do yeah. as a professional fisherman. And sometimes the best thing to happen is to have a terrible practice and just you know just kind of go fishing and let them tell you what you what you yeah. need to know. Well, that's awesome. on a Saturday, uh, typically they cut the faucet off. Did that happen on Saturday? You know, I think that's really just a Tennessee River thing. The coastal runs. Pretty daily. Um, it doesn't generate, I think, as much power as a Tennessee River Dam, okay. and so they kind of run it every, you know, every single day. And um, no, it was it was projected to come on at ten o'clock Saturday, which was earlier than um, it had been all week. So Saturday morning, I run to first place. I thought that was going to be good. Didn't catch anything. Get hung up like ten times. Break my leader break off 10 different shaky heads i mean I, for the first 30 minutes i was re-rigging rods again and uh, i thought this is about a typical saturday you know championship day for me and um go to the next spot we had worked on those really hard and several guys were sharing them with me and i couldn't get them to bite so it's like nine o'clock i got an hour before the water's gonna come on and i felt confident i would catch them once the water came on up the river i mean that catching five was not the issue um, I mean, heck, I caught five off the first spot. It just wasn't good. They weren't like six pounds worth. So I just sat down and cranked up. And so what, the way that lake kind of lays out is there's probably like 10 or 12 schools that get out in this general five-mile section of the lake. But there's like 60 places they could get that set up good. Yeah. And so you kind of got to chase them around. They don't get on the same waypoint every day. So I sat down and start looking, and like 300 yards from where I caught them the day before, I find a blowed-up little wad of them, and I probably caught 30 with Ronnie Moore sitting there taking pictures and had like 10 pounds. Looked down my watch. It was 10 o'clock. I said, well, you know, we've got what we came for. This is We're back on track now. Um, and I ended up weighing in a fish every day that I caught early in the morning on one of the shallow places. Wow. Um, so I caught like a two-and-a-half-pounder. Um, out of that little school I found when I finally just went looking again and then, you know, roll up the river. And uh, I don't know, it just, like you said, when it's meant to be, it's, yeah. you know, you can't hardly mess it up if you try. And it's crazy, isn't it? It's always, uh, it's always works that way. It's just like you can't stop it. You you know? can't, it's a freight train it is. out of control. It is. Now, it's got to uh, show up. It's just got to show up. Now, just talk a little bit. I know you just mentioned it, but... Um, I noticed in a lot of the stuff that Ronnie shot and a lot of the, the pictures that I saw, I saw spinning rod. You Ronnie. mentioned shaky head. Talk a little bit about what, what were some of them key baits for those fish that you were fishing off the bank. So basically early in the morning when there wasn't any water running, um, I noticed a lot of guys I was sharing these places with would pull up, and I would see them steady winding, you know. And obviously they were catching a few fish because they were fishing there. They, they knew they were there, and they caught some of them. But when I would find them, I'd, since I was 
12 years old, I've thrown a spot remover shaky head, yeah. and uh, I was throwing a Berkeley bottom hopper, six and a quarter inch, just a black worm. I'd pull up on them, and you throw it out there, and you would feel why the fish were there. There was a little rock, um, little bottom change. You could tell whenever your bait was getting around where you were about to get a bite. Yeah. And uh, when it would get out there, and I would get, you know, in that little rocky spot, or I knew it was getting really close, I would just let it sit out there. And uh, it was kind of funny. I had a had a guy yesterday sitting in a pontoon boat watching me fish, and after about the tenth one I caught, he said, "You have the best touch I've ever seen with a spinner." On <laughs> and I said, "He hasn't." I said, "You haven't watched Michael Iconelli yet." But <laughs> <laughs> you would just—I mean, I would literally—I would just kind of get it down there at spot, and I would just hold it, you know. And yeah. it may sit there fifteen seconds. I'd shake it a little, but curiosity kills the cat on a bass. Yeah. And there's a bunch of them out there. There's something that gets around them. They can't stand it, yeah. you know. So it may be 15 seconds. It sat out there, and all of a sudden it just be thunk, and I'd catch one every cast. And uh, once you really got them going, it was, you know, it wasn't that hard to catch them. You could start speeding your retrieve up. But that was that was really a deal. It was just kind of finessing them a little bit, getting that shaky head out. You know, a lot of guys, I think, were trying to throw a crankbait, throw a swimbait, yeah. you know, whatever, and kind of power fish them and trying to rotate through them real hard. And I would just get out there in them and then make the best out of kind of what I had because yeah. you would see when you'd scan them um a lot of them a little but you'd have you know 10 dots mixed in that were definitely better sized fish right and I wasn't looking but for one or two of them you know to bite so I would sit out there and just kind of make the best of the best of what I had and um that spinning rod is nothing but a sniper rifle man that thing yeah. that thing catches them absolutely well you know we watched Thousand Islands the elite deal and the Berkeley flatworm was the deal. Yeah. Berkeley got them for you. Is is it? Do you think it, like the smallmouth or, or spotted bass are similar to the smallmouth that way, where scent plays such an important role in fishing for them? You know, I think it is. Um, spots spots remind me a lot of you know a lot of smallmouth. The the difference in a Coosa River spot because a lot of those shallow fish I was catching were largemouth. Um, down the lake, but when you get got up the river, those fish were all spotted bass, and it was so crazy how you wouldn't see them until the water came on and they would all just appear. But to wow. get back to get back to your question, yeah, I think a I think a spotted bass is he's a real scent oriented. Um, he likes to see, you know, he's a chaser. Um, smallmouth are big sight feeders. Or a, a you know a goofy largemouth, they'll get in some dirty water and sit by a rock until something hits him in the face, and uh, or a stomp or whatever. But I think a spot likes a clear water situation. He likes to have his bait coming to him, um, and you know definitely if, uh, if you ever got in a situation where they weren't you know pulling any water and you had a place that had some spots on it, I definitely would have whooped out a max scent bait and let them have it. That's that's good stuff. Um, let me remind everybody watching, if you've got a question or comment for Justin or anything we're talking about, please hit us up on our IM. Also, you could ask a question on the Ike Live social pages, at Ike Live Show, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, and I've got one right here on Facebook for you, Justin. This one is from Jeffrey Hippert uh, from New York. Shout out to Jeff. Uh, Jeff wants to know, he's fishing a spotted bass lake that has blueback herring in it in a few weeks. Um, I guess I guess that would be early fall, late summer period. 
Um, any suggestions for for Jeff on what he needs to do? He needs to get some chrome Berkeley cane walkers and get ready to go throw at schoolers because I promise you, when that water starts cooling off, they're going to be chasing bait and they'll be they'll be schooling whether it's over cover. Um, he may be able to call them up out of brush or whatever the case may be. I'm not sure what the lake's going to have, but um, I can promise you he'll he'll be able to catch them on top. Those those herring fish like to like to eat on the surface, and especially when it starts cooling off. It's not going to be long. You know, Smith Lake's going to be going to be turning on. You'll be catching a lot on top, and um, I'm kind of jealous. I wish I was going with him. <laughs> now, the Berkeley bait you're talking about is it? I'm assuming it's a pencil popper style bait. Yeah, it's their new pencil popper style bait, and it's uh, it's really awesome. You can cast it a mile, spits good, it's loud. Uh, you know, it'll it'll call those spots up out of deep water. And, when they get to feeding on this big heron on top, you know it makes a lot of commotion, and uh, so it's it that would that would definitely be what I'd have tied on the end of my rod. That's awesome, uh, Eric. The, uh, probably Eric, be on a Ike Delay series seven three medium heavy. Yeah, <laughs> like that. It's a parabolic. I, I'm, rod. A, I'm imagining Jeffrey's talking about fishing the Costa Championship. He's got to be. He's right. got to be. I don't know where that's at. But. That's, on, that's on Gunnersville. It's not going. Oh no, it's here. not Gunnersville. Yeah. Something else. It's got to be something else. Uh, Eric, the intern, what do we got? You got anything coming through the IM? Well, the, the MLF buzz is yes. still strong at this point. Okay. So I want to know, right. Justin, do you have a take on all this? What's going on, the whole MLF controversy? Do you have an opinion about it? Good question. Um, I, you know, I think, <laughs> yeah. I think uh, competition and change is always good. Um, so, you know, I, I'll leave it at that. I think <laughs> I, th- I think that you know competition in business is always good, and it, it'll be it'll be good to to have another another venue for. Here's the thing, and you know, a guy told me this the other day, and it made a lot of sense. High school fishing and college fishing has grown this sport bigger than it's ever been. There's more people, and you know, for all these years, there's only been two tunnels for all these people to try to make it through. And uh, I think it'll be good to have another another option for opening up the world of professional fishing yeah it's a good one eric you yeah and then else? one more from michael how do you feel your chances are in knoxville can you become the first angler to win a cup and the classic well I, problem is i wouldn't be the first one to win the cup and the classic i think luke clausen did it in the same year didn't he yeah wow yes he did he did Dion yep. Hibden's got them both. both? The, the guy asking the question almost won a prize. He almost <laughs> won a prize, except Sorry, he was Michael. totally wrong. Except for he was <laughs> wrong. The only Sorry, deal Michael. is, is you're, they don't have the win you're in anymore with the opens. I still have to go and do well at the championship, but I'll fish a 28 boat derby for the classic any day. <laughs> That's, a fact. That's pretty good odds right there. Where, where, where is the open championship? Going to be on Table Rock at the end of October. So. Ooh. Wow. It's an interesting time. Generally, that fall. Should, they, they, that, should be, yeah, that should be one that'll kind of level the playing field. I feel like. Yeah, fall is generally tough on Table Rock. But I, but they do have some nice spotted bass out there. And there's good spot. And there's all three of them. There's right. brownies too. Mm-hmm. And like like if there's a hundred boat tournament on Table Rock in October, ninety nine of the guys have a whopper plopper tied on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's crazy. Thank it's, you, James Watson. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, I. I do want to jump back a little bit. I know uh, not even regarding just MLF, but uh, we, we were talking a little earlier, Justin, about the state of the sport. And you're you're a bit of an anomaly uh, 
because you've got you've got a lot of talent, you've got the ability to pr- to promote. You're a great spokesperson for your sponsors, so you're a bit of anomaly. But you know, I I what what's your honest opinion of of the state of the sport? Because you know there are a lot of guys out there struggling. You know, you you're a full time touring pro. You know as well as we know that half the field is is struggling. They're they're having a hard time making a living. Uh, they end up, you know, December 31st comes and they're in the hole. Yeah. That needs to change, right? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, it's – I'm blessed beyond belief to have had the year I had last year because I look back on it and I think if I hadn't absolutely caught the piss out of them, I, I don't know that I could have done it another year. Right. I mean, it's – dude, it's so hard. And there's so many people doing it nowadays. It's you know that the sponsorship dollars just you know aren't there for the guy that wants to get in and go give it a shot. Yeah. And man, it's it's hard. And to be a true professional and be a true professional sport, it shouldn't be that hard to make a living. Right. Agreed. Um, you know, Agreed. there's a lot of guys out there that are really good at it. And at the end of the year, they've made about $30,000. And you can do a lot of things um, with a college degree and, you know, go make $30,000 and not be away from your family six months out of the year. So I I just – the sport is as big as it's ever been, um, but it's also as hard as it's ever been. Competition's, you know, really tough. And that that drive to – you know, you know, to get some get some money and some support and some help is it's uh it's tough. Um, you know, I've been very blessed. I have some great sponsors and uh, fifteen top water bites. You know, changed my life for sure. Yeah. And wow. Had I you know had I not gotten them, this may have been a real short lived dream for yeah. sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Win, winning the big prize. Yeah. It's tough to do. Well, it is. It is tough to do. But you remember the days when winning that same prize was a million dollars. Yeah. 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 It was I, worth a know, lot agree, more. And that's that's something that that's something that I you know I don't understand. And not to get too political or step on any toes, but I don't understand how the sport gets bigger and our payouts keep getting smaller. Um, it's you called know, I, like I said. That's. Well, that's, that's easy. Not, that's easy to understand. It's called greedy. <laughs> <laughs> it's called greed. Not <laughs> in any one direction, but it's uh, that bothers me a little bit. And I've only been doing it for two years, and I can see it, you know, playing as a neon sign in the dark. Yeah. But it's, uh, I don't know. It, that one, that one bothers me a little bit. Yeah. Well, here, here, here's the thing too, and and I think I think it's going to happen at some point, whether it's this year, whether it's next year, whether it's five years from now. You know, uh, the organizations we're we're the employees of the organizations, right? We're we're the reason that people come. We're the reason people watch. We're the reason people buy. And at some point, if you keep if if your employees aren't happy, right? If your employees are treated bad and aren't treated fairly, you you know your employees you know get you get you want to find a new job, right? Or you want to stand up and organize. You want to you know. I think that's got to happen. Me and Eric are forming a union. You know, here's something that bothers me a little bit is, you know, my sponsors spend a lot of money to have me out there supporting them, and I don't think it's fair to them 
you know, for that to be the only way I'm making a living because when yeah. I do get a check, it's not, you know, yeah. it's not what it should be. Um, and for that, for that part of the pool to keep drying up, not only is it not fair to me as a employee and as the, you know, the customer to, you know, organizations, it's not, um, it's not fair to my sponsors either. Yeah. 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 Because that, that, that leads me to have to press them even harder just so I can make a living, you know, and that's, that's not fair for me to suck one well dry one. I feel like there's a little more water in another one. Yeah. Before we shoot it over to you, E, to put it in perspective, uh, the girl that won, that beat Serena Williams, uh, yesterday won $3.8 million. Oh, oh, wow. Uh, in the U.S. Open tennis match. Wow. Uh, Naomi uh, Os. Yeah. I, I don't remember her last name. It's crazy. Name. I can't believe she beat Serena. I just uh, hope I get $38,000 for this skewed photo. <laughs> <laughs> you won't. <laughs> I hate selling boats. It's hey, the worst Seren- thing. Serena went Ike. Did she? Was she mad? Dude. Did she break her racket? Meltdown. Did she kick her depth finder off the front deck of the boat? Oh, wait. They don't have boats in she, tennis. She got accused of cheating. She busted her racket, and she called the umpire a thief. <laughs> wow! Which, which well, that's just which, like me. I've done that to Trip Weldon a million times. Trip, you thief! You Trip, you're a thief! <laughs> <laughs> I actually never did the trip. I did it to Bill Taylor once, but not Trip. <laughs> wow! I didn't know that. Oh, it's very, well, I'm very, dig very into this now after the show. Oh really. man, yeah, well, Pete knows it's, all about it. It's a big deal. I'm a tennis fan, <laughs> wow. sports fan. Yeah. Eagles win, 18-12 over. Right. Eagles over did Atlanta. win. I'll try to validate your tennis love with an Eagles yeah. comment. <laughs> You're trying to dilute it. Uh, <laughs> I know who you are, <laughs> Justin. I've got I got one more uh, coming through on Instagram from you from Steve Savarsak, uh, and and I know you already kind of uh, danced around MLF, but he wants to know. Justin, what are your plans for next year, tournament-wise? What are you fishing next year? Um, you know, here's here's what's kind of interesting. Um, the whole, you know, the MLF thing, you know, of course, it's exciting, and um, we've heard a lot of buzz about it. Um, you know, I'm not going to go into detail about that, but if that opportunity opens itself, I'm going to give it a really, you know, an honest and um, heartfelt thought about it, and uh, but if not, this whole Table Rock tournament could lead me to an Elite Series berth. Um, if I was to get one of those, I would, you know, give that a, you know, a really a deep thought. And um, other than that, you know, definitely the FLW Tour again. You know, I've enjoyed fishing the tour. It's been a great experience. I've got a lot of great friends over there. Um, you know, the competition's good. I've learned a lot. We travel, you know, to some to some diverse places, whether it be, you know, Beaver Lake or Okeechobee. And I know people say we go, you know, kind of the same places year in, year out. But I flip one tournament and spin and rod the next, you know, just like anybody else. And um, I've learned a lot doing it. So I may end up with three options, and um, I'll just have to do a little praying, a little soul searching, figure out where I want to be. Um, And depending on how this table rock tournament goes, I may – be soul searching on whether it's bass or FLW next year. So to answer that question, I don't you know. I don't really know. Yeah. Um, it's one that we'll have some answers here in the next few weeks and go from there. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of options, but it's it's all good, right? I mean, there are there are good, three. There's, it's, like there's, I said, it's yeah. There's 
They're all good options. In anything in business, man, it's it's good to, it's good for there to be a little competition. So I don't think I think there being three organizations would be a great thing for the sport. Let me ask you this: if if all three were to somehow cohese with each other and not schedule on top of each other, would you ever, in your right mind, consider fishing all three if that was physically possible? I would definitely think about it. I would definitely fish two. If I could fish yeah. two, I would. There's no question. I would do that. Yeah. Um, man, I love fishing and I love tournament fishing, and that's that's how I make my living. Um, I would definitely fish two. If I could pull off fishing all three, I would at least try it one year. I'd have to just say, <laughs> wow. um, I may, you know, I may hate myself in the morning. But I would <laughs> that's crazy. That is crazy. Do that it is, while you that, can. Yeah, do it while you can. I did it for a few years back when FLW and yeah, Bass. You doubled it. I did. I, I did it for I think I want to say three years, and it was. It was tough, but it was, I was in a different place that's back before then. Before you had gray ball hair. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that's right. It was before I had gray ball hair. Yeah. It was before I was balding. It was before I had four kids. Yeah, it was a long time ago. That's right. It was in shape. A lot of things changed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Justin, before we let you go, there's a lot of people watching that are, are saying, "Man, I want to follow Justin around. I want to see what he's doing. How, how can they follow you? What's, what's your social handle? Where can they follow you on on the web? How can they keep track of you?" Yeah. I got a Facebook fan page. It's just Justin Atkins. Um, and then on Instagram and Twitter, it's Justin Atkins Fishing. And uh, I try to try to keep them interesting, try to keep some up-to-date content, but not wear everybody out with the same old boring things. So, um, you know, if you'd go give me a follow, I'd appreciate it. And we'll uh, see, what, see where we end up next year and go from there. Well, I tell you, you I, I have a feeling everything will work out, and it, it'll, it always does. And, uh Man, we wish yeah, you a lot. We wish you a lot of luck at Table Rock. Absolutely. Yeah, go down there and tie on a whopper plopper like the other ninety-nine guys, and you'll have a good tournament. <laughs> you staying at, yeah. you staying at Watson's? Yeah, you staying at Watson's like everybody else. Yeah, I called him earlier and told him I wanted to reserve a uh, <laughs> rooms he has in the Tell house. Tell him to change the hot tub water. Yeah. No. Yeah, just don't don't get in the hot tub. Yeah, that could. I'm gonna stay out of hot. A lot of guys have rashes and they're dripping stuff <laughs> after that. So. Uh, man, That's Justin, thank gross. you for joining us, and congrats on the recent win, man. Yes, sir. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me on. You got okay. it. Justin congrats. Atkins, right everybody. Well done. Man, I'll tell you, to be young again, Pete. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's Three nice. tournaments, 50 weeks on the road. It's true, though. I can do it. Dude, I, I look uh-huh. at Eric, and Eric is a gr- great example, right? Like, a lot of energy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I look at, yeah. like, I look at Polinick. I look at uh, you know all these younger guys out here, Chad Pipkins, mm-hmm. uh, and these guys just, dude, they literally they'll fish a tournament, they'll drive to the next where the next elite's at before it cuts off. Yep. They practice until it cuts off. They go to the next tournament. They fish that tournament. They go to the next place and practice until it cuts mm-hmm. off. And they do that the whole year. That's what you used to do. I, well, I didn't used to do it like that. I used to put some practice time in. Not like that, but I I. I put some practice time in, but not like that. But uh, Jacob Wheeler, I mean, all these young guys, to have that energy and to have that time to do that, it must be it's, – it's awesome. I, I shout out to those guys for being able to do that. Well, and it's it's cool. I mean, you feel a lot of pressure, those guys, especially the younger guys. I mean, yeah. they got to compete against guys like you that have been out there for a long time and Kevin. And uh, and I think in order to get that competitive edge, you got to you got to put in the extra time. I tell you, Jacob Wheeler – I. I liked it. The, the, the what he said about it the best is like, this is where I'm supposed to be. 
Yeah. I mean, if you you're gonna fish professionally, you got to practice. Yeah. And you got you got to put your time in. Like any other sport, right? Any other sport. Football, baseball, Man, tennis. We're just talking about tennis. Yeah. They practice every fucking day. They're practicing nonstop, eight, you know, four hours a day, more every yeah. day. Um, you know, you look at you know football. They have the the off season stuff. Even college football players, it's twelve months a year. Oh yeah, they're doing they're going through weight training. Yeah, then they're they're doing all the other components of just mm. you know practicing. Mm-hmm. It's a twelve month a year commitment. Yeah, to be just in college, much yep. less the pros. So, um, I like that mentality. But boy, is it hard to maintain. You know, once you get a little bit up, you know, once you start getting a family and everything starts changing a little bit, it's crazy. Hey, why we're at that? Uh, our boy Jim Miller fought last night. In Dallas, Jim holds the record. He now holds the record, UFC record for most fights. Yep. That a boy. You're kidding yeah. me. Just had his thirtieth fight. Oh, Jim. Shout out to Jim Miller. Congrats, yeah. man. And, and, nice uh, record. Yeah, I I was in New York, so I didn't get to watch the fight, but caught the highlights and he steamrolled the dude. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. That's way. freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very nice. Shout well, out to Jim. Wow, thirtieth fight, UFC record, man. It's well, you know, see, there's. Um, I was gonna. Give a little personal shout out to Jim because I fished with him in the Ike Foundation yeah. tournament, and I was going to tell him that you know I'll get that thermos mailed back to you. But now that you have the record, I'm keeping that thermos. <laughs> I would. <laughs> I'd actually mail it back to him and have him sign it, and then and then ask them for it back. <laughs> so you have the signed thermos. Perfect. Caleb Summerall on the instant message board says, "I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Pete knows what a fudge round is." <laughs> <laughs> That's Sorry funny. about that, Pete. That was from the last show. You weren't here. Oh, yeah. Uh, Caleb was you last show, right? Uh, Caleb yeah, was there. Was. Yep. That's right. I forgot. Sorry about that, Pete. Yeah. You were Caleb, and Caleb was you. What, what, what's a fudge round? It's like a little like a little like a little honey bun, little Debbie kind of chocolate. Like, it's good. It's a snacky okay. cake. Caleb snack was freaking cake. out over right. him. Snack cake. Uh, Brian hey, Carpenter, here's that, a, thank you for that, Caleb. Yeah, ca- thank you, Caleb. <laughs> Shout out to Caleb. Uh, here's what we're going to do, Brian Carpenter. We're going to take, take a break, break. Yep. okay? Uh, when we come back, we're going to do, we're going to get, I want to talk about Iceland a little bit. We're going to yeah. get Becky down here. We're going to talk about Iceland. Yeah. We're going to do uh, MTB unboxing. Yeah. We're going to talk about the the, uh, the Troll Jacket, which is a really cool product. Then we're going to open up the phone lines. Yes. Really cool. The I'm last 15, right 20. Off the bat. Yeah, we'll I'm open them up. up. Last segment of the show, we'll open up the phone lines. If you've got a question, comment on anything you heard tonight, chime in. And and if it's a good call, Brian the Carpenter, let's give some stuff away. Yeah, man. let's give him the troll jacket. Let's give him the troll jacket. Let's give him uh, Terry Scroggins' head. Terry there Scroggins' the head. Market. You can market. win it. You can win Terry Scroggins' head. Uh, you could win Pete's fudge round. We, you could win. <laughs> Uh, no, I ain't been, giving that up. No, he's not giving that up. It's been a great <laughs> show so far. Ken Duke, Justin Atkins, hang in there with us. Last segment when we come back is the most exciting segment. Hang in there. Ike Life. Hey, Noah Wheeler here with uh, Real Snot. Been out on this pond for... About an hour now. I uh, haven't had a whole lot of luck. We've had a couple blow-ups, but not getting a lot. So we thought we would try the new Java product uh, on this frog on the top water. Uh, it works great on jigs and other plastics, but we've noticed that when we do use it on top water, we get a trail in the water, the scent's in the water, and we're getting a lot more bites. So we're going to spray some Java uh, all over the frog. Apply from real if not to the raid. 
get it nice and wet, and then as I reel it in, it's going to work its way through it. Okay, so now we got that scent in the water, and then we got the frog all juiced up with some real snot. Java, let's see what happens here. There's one. There's one. So as you can see, that set got around in this little area, this little pocket we're fishing. And sure enough, one came up and nailed it. Small one, albeit, but hadn't caught anything since we've been here for about an hour, hour and ten minutes now. There's one. That's a good one, too. That's a good one. Much better. Good little guy. Through my frog. Man, they love this shit stuff right through the nose this time of year I definitely recommend putting a little bit of this on your soft plastics too there he is another one next cast and that would be number six I'm addicted I'll admit it I'm, I'm straight addicted Think so? Stripers get it. You can't even see it, man. That might be a keeper. Four and a half inch drop shot worm. Bama bug. Finesse jig, PB and J. Give me something hard. Hey, KVD here. Now, I didn't always know this much about fishing. Three aught, no, four aught EWG worm hook. In fact, there was a time when I couldn't tell the difference between a jerk bait and a stick bait. But then I signed up for Mystery Tackle Box, the original monthly tackle subscription. And now I know more about fishing than I do about Calculus. And he knows a lot about Calculus. Plus, I get amazing extras like free fishing magazines. October 2016, featured article, Four Places to Throw a Frog, exclusive decals, <coughs> zombie bass, and how-to videos for all the great baits I receive. How to tune a crankbait. Is that underwater footage I smell? I got goosebumps. So if you're looking to develop enhanced fishing abilities like me, or you just like getting new tackle every month, go to mysterytacklebox.com and get your box today. Ooh, live minnows. Is it lunchtime already? Nature's candy. Is he in my pocket? <laughs> 